When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Happy Thanksgiving. It's not really Thanksgiving. We're recording this on Wednesday. But I, like Franklin Delano Roosevelt before me, shall command the elements and calendar to my liking and tell you that it's Thanksgiving every day if you're a college football fan. I'll wait for you to groan. Go ahead. Uh, Thank you. No, I I think it makes sense. It's like we get all excited about it, and then it shows up, and you're like, oh, this is just bad for my body. So it's, <laughs> if Will, Muschamp, Will Muschamp said Thanksgiving is not a meal. It's a day. He said that so that his team no, can no, practice no. You, in the morning. It's, it's flipped, isn't it? It's a day. It's a right, meal. Right, right, right. It's, it, it's, it is a meal. It's not a day. Oh, damn it. I, repaired, I pulled a reverse Will Muschamp and beat yeah. Georgia Southern. Um, but You went 8-4. Eight, eight Congrats. I think uh, we're just flipping that from it's it's not a meal. It's a year. Oh, that's a, like like a Chinese year, basically. This is the year of Thanksgiving. Just, you're just eating leftovers and arguing with your cousins for 365 days. I mean, let's be honest, you are anyway. So stay blessed. Yeah, that uh, that and this entire weekend, because college football does things so completely inefficiently, backwards. And it, but yet, kind of cool because this is a weekend when you're supposed to. Spend time with family. Take account for the year. Consider the things that you are thankful for in life. And in response, college football says, uh, you want to sit in front of the TV for four days? How about you do that? You want to be thankful for that? Because that's what they ask you to do. Spreading games from, on this week, by the way, like Tuesday, we skip Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. All with nothing but not games you can skip either. Oh no. Oh no. This is rivalry week. You can skip Tuesday and Thursday just fine. But Friday and Saturday, you can't <laughs> skip a minute of it. That's right. You can pretty much skip Thursday. We know don't, you probably we probably you probably won't listen to this tomorrow. Well, don't don't let your family know that LSU A&M doesn't matter cuz you know, they've probably heard of LSU and they've probably heard of A&M, so you can make them believe this is a big game, maybe like on the scoreboard on the TV, like tape numbers next to those teams' names, so it looked like they're ranked. But you know, it, we're not going to talk about it. No one cares. Yeah, that and this—that you should know the exact number of tickets currently available for LSU and if you want to pick them up. Just a little <laughs> indicator: six hundred and sixty-six. Oh my! Yeah. This is kind of a satanic matchup, though, because we will speak very little of it other than to say that Ed Orgeron's job prospects would be scuttled entirely if AM runs wild on LSU, which I don't think they'll do. But I, 
I also think LSU should hang a sign over the athletic department that says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. <laughs> well, because for the moment, mm, mm, that's true. That's yeah. fine. Let, let's 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 move away from this game. Yeah, yep, we're done. We talked about we talked about LSU A and M. We did it. Ta-da! We can actually talk about rivalry week, which rivalry week for Houston means playing Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> which I think I why isn't this a bigger and better rivalry? It really should be. It's two magnificent cities facing off in the violent sport of football. It's this is, perfect. This, this I think if, if if Atlanta had a college football team, we could get in on this. This is the clash of cities where you have a cousin that you're like not sure if he's in jail or not. Yeah, that or the cousin who you hang out with and you inevitably end up doing something that, I mean, you're just, you did it. You're not really sure whether you should have done it. And I don't mean committing a crime. I mean, breaking civil codes. I mean, doing things like, yeah, I don't know. That guy was just laying on the street back there. Maybe we should have asked him if he was okay. No, it's cool. Here, have another beer while you're driving. Right, like just little things like that, where you go, I'm someplace very different. Yeah, that's the Houston Memphis rivalry. I got a, I got a John Lovitz tattoo on my back. Why did I do that? <laughs> I talked to some dude named Skeeter all night. <laughs> it's weird, but he was fascinating. He taught me a lot of things about life. Yeah, that's that's Houston Memphis. I really, this is at noon. I really wish it were a bigger rivalry because uh, the only winner so far here is Gout. Just Gout. Gout wins I'm- both ways. A noon game on Thanksgiving Friday just seems like the sleepiest conceivable affair. Yeah. This is rough. It's a rough game. Uh, speaking of other rough games for entirely different reasons, at at, at 2.30, live from Columbia, Missouri, oh, November finishes with a bang. <laughs> Surely a 63-58 typical SEC West uh head basher here you, you might hear you might if you're watching this game you might actually hear basketball squeaks coming from the grass somehow yeah arkansas and the border the border war with missouri and a rivalry that people only really care about as a matter of geographical convenience yeah arkansas missouri you don't want to watch this you can you, you can skip it we'll just report for you we'll be like yeah the run first burly Old school Arkansas team has indeed crossed fifty points again and allowed forty. What I what I like, I mean, here's the thing: Missouri's going to win this game for the simple fact that since they got out of week three, or since conference play started, Arkansas has done nothing but alternate wins and losses, and they won last game, so they have to lose this one. <laughs> wow, you cracked the code. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. It's the it's Bela math. Yeah. Hey, we, we run a binary offense. Just zeros and ones here. Another game that you may just want to view at a distance, perhaps via telegraph or the written and economical information uh, system of your choice. It, Nebraska, Iowa. Mm, Don't mm. pay any attention to this. Don't, no. Do not even glance at this shit. Um, it, the only thing you need to know <laughs> is if, if Iowa wins, Wisconsin's won that division. That's the only takeaway you need here. Don't even look at the final score. Just just sense in your bones whether Iowans are happy or not. Because it's for all uh, the reason you the... don't need to watch this is uh, at the same time as the Apple Cup. Why the mm-hmm. fuck That's... would you watch <laughs> minor Farmageddon instead of an Apple Cup that matters? This happens once a lifetime. <laughs> an actual, yes, for those of us who remember the original Crapple Cup, that would be, yes, the winless Washington team going up, I believe, against a one-loss Washington State one, team. One, a one win. I'm Washington sorry, one win. One win. Yeah, let's get that straight. <laughs> there, was, there was a win, sir. Please don't deprive them of that. There and was, and talk- there was at least one loss. That's true, too. Uh, there was a, yeah, let's not, let's not quibble. <laughs> there, losses had been had sustained. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would go back to the Poet Laureate, Ted Miller, Ted Miller, who, if you'll remember on the last full cast, we read an excerpt of his coverage of the 2003 Washington Washington State Apple Cup, which ended with a near riot and bottles being thrown. Well, Ted Miller, Ted Miller got to cover the Crapple Cup, too. He's seen a lot, this man, because he got to see Washington at 0-10, and he got to see it in Washington State, which 
the closest game Washington State played versus an FBS team that year, 25-point margin of defeat. That's as close as they got to anybody that year. And what did he cite to sell people on the Crapple Cup? That would be, you should watch it because, as Mel Brooks less subtly noted, tragedy is when I cut my finger, comedy is when you walk into an open sewer and die. That's not this. That's not this game. No, but it might be TCU Texas. <laughs> that might be TCU Texas. <laughs> there is sadness on the menu. If if you if you tire of the novelty that is an apple cup that matters, you can find some sadness. Yeah, TCU Texas. You should not watch for the football, but watch this. Like, there's a substantial chance something stupid happens related to is or is not Charlie Strong fired, right? Right. Oh yeah, Texas has set itself up brilliantly here. I really, I really thought Texas was smart enough not to LSU itself, and yet they're trying they, so hard. They're you, really, they're really trying. He lost to Kansas. You, I mean, just say, hey, you know, we're, he's going to coach the last game. He deserves that. Let's give him a big ovation, and then we'll all move along um, from this, you know, this marriage that is not working out for either side. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, they didn't do that. They set up the opportunity for Charlie to be carried off by his players at home. Um, a conference win, a struggling rival that, I mean, everyone says, oh, how's a team that lost to Kansas going to beat TCU? TCU lost by 30 points last week. TCU is not good this year. Texas can beat TCU. I don't give a shit who Texas just lost to. This could happen. And then what? He gets, he gets carried off and fired the next day. Okay, great. Now how's your, how's your locker room morale looking? Pretty it, good. Haven't Texas players also threatened to boycott this game? A few of the younger ones, which are okay. all the best, you know, all the best players. <laughs> younger, so it's not like they matter. Yeah, but. a few of the younger ones. So, in other words, the roster. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. But clearly, um, you know, they like they like their coach. Uh, they yeah, there's a way they could have kept him, but that's all in the past now. Well, um, man. Yeah, or, Texas is setting or, itself up for one of the it? most... <laughs> or, or is it? <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm listening. Time travel. <laughs> Listen, they say time travel, it, it definitely doesn't exist because we haven't seen anyone come back from the future yet, so therefore mm-hmm. it's impossible. But... But maybe we, maybe we have and we just didn't... Maybe we have and we just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes me. That's what makes me think the the future has really amazing sex robots. No one's ever come back from it. Maybe in the future, uh, the Cheesecake Factory destroys society as we know it, and Vince Young traveled back through time to try and stop them, but fell prey. (laughs) Let me give you (laughs) his plan went awry. His plan went awry because even he succumbed. (laughs) You know, because guess who got sent back to combat Vince Young's heroic efforts. That's right, Lendell White. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jeff Fisher. But... And Jeff Fisher. No, I have two. <laughs> and Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher is an agent of media. Oh, my God. This all, this all works because they're both connected to USC. And if you had to say what one person in the sport of football appears to be unstuck from time itself. Pete is... Carroll. It's Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll. And yeah. also, who would be woke enough to tell us about the time travel going on? Probably Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. So Pete why Carroll. hasn't he? Because he's in on it. Wow. You know what? I bet Pete Carroll will tell you. It's just nobody ever writes that down. They don't believe him. He probably has. They think, probably, they think it's like a motivational metaphor. But He probably know. straight up tells Kirk Herbstreet, right? Like, <laughs> say, hey, coach, I'm going to pick your brain. He goes, you really should. I'm from the future. Here's the, like, thing. Oh, Here's the thing. You can, you can fold space-time over uh, and create a hole in itself and just travel wherever you want. I've had, I've had every job in the NFL. You, you don't even know it. I I even worked for the worked for the Patriots once. No one would ever believe that happened. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile Kirk's on the other of the line being like, "That's crazy. You should yes. come to the country club sometime." It's nutty. <laughs> oh, Pete. So about that defense, and Pete's like, "I tried to tell you. Sorry about it." The question I have here, or the theory I want to put forward, is that remember Texas and Texas A and M always tied into some kind of grand incoherent Texas political struggle that Mm -hmm. inevitably drags in uh, football, right? That's just what happens. My theory here that the biggest people agitating for Charlie Strong to stay there and the ones who are going to push this hardest are people in the Texas state government 
who are Aggie fans and hardcore Republicans who really want to just keep University of Texas uh, mediocre at football because that's the only thing they can do right so they're going to attempt to push for this that's well like, well see, there, well they, there is there is an alternative you hmm. let them you let them proceed with firing charlie strong you wait two hours fire kevin sumlin overpay get tom herman and leave them holding holding ah! uh, holding their dick in the wind basically <laughs> no you do it before the game you do it. That's okay. The, uh, no, you do this. Oh, what? oh, I see. I see. You're like, yeah, we've already announced Tom Herman. Good luck with TCU. Uh, say, what are you doing with Charlie? Oh, I love oh, it. Then Charlie has to roll out like, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck here. No, no, no. Jim Morris seems like a great candidate. Uh, no, the, you think you guys are going to do a good job. Texas loses to TCU and Charlie stays. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, Gary Patterson... Because he says, what are you going to do? You're fucking stuck with me now. Yeah, meanwhile, Gary Patterson gets another raise out of it. This all works. It all works. I beat, I beat Texas this year, guys. Well, yeah, that was this year. I beat Texas this year, guys. I A lot would, of coaches I, getting itchy. Moving around, huh? I would like uh, to commend the University of Houston for publicly saying, yeah, fuck money. We'll, we'll, we'll pony up whatever. Like, I don't necessarily think it's going to be the smartest financial decision. But I do appreciate that they're willing to just be like, yeah, you want us to sell off parts of the school? You want us to be sponsored by uh, by Powerade? You want the philosophy department to be sponsored by Powerade? Sure, man, whatever. We'll get that. We'll get that, Skrilla. Yeah, it's Tillman, it, it, Tillman, extremely Tillman, Texas. They're yeah. big. They're big booster, Tillman Fertitta. He's not losing. He's just. He's just not going to lose this. It's you not, can get it. You can get an equity loan on a school. Why not? We're using it for improvements. We're putting in a new uh, veranda and uh, keeping our coach. Out of the veranda, it's uh, it's on Tom Herman's house. <laughs> we're we're gonna consult. We're going to consult with entrepreneur in residence at a venture capital firm, Chameleonaire. I did not make that up. Chameleonaire is uh, for the year 2015 was an entrepreneur in residence at I believe Advance Capital. It's too perfect. Um. I would also like to thank the schedule makers on Friday for putting the worst game of the day at the end. When when everybody can can honestly say, nope, I'm walking away, I'm done for the evening. Arizona State, Arizona, only those who truly love torture and misery will be watching you at 9.30 Eastern. These Arizona's record against the spread this year is amazing. I think they're 1 in 10 which is almost impossible to do because eventually Vegas is going to figure out how shitty you are. But all year long, Arizona has been saying, no, actually, we're even worse than you think. And so, just keeps moving moving that, uh, moving that the standard. So Rich Rod point shaving. Is that what you're saying? And Arizona State is along the same lines. Arizona State is another team that just every week finds a way to say, actually, we're worse than you think. Oh, and they do it in spectacular fashion, too. Watch Arizona State play football. Defensively, they will have two blown coverages a game that blown doesn't cover. They will have two coverages where somebody doesn't just forget their assignment. They forget they're playing football. Like, you look up, and the strong safety has a racket and is swinging wildly at air. <laughs> You're like, oh, this, that's tennis. This, this game and the butt bowl, Baylor-Texas Sec, both kind of the same thing. One one total trash team is hosting a collapsing team that got to a very suspicious 5-0. Uh, there, is, there is one major difference, though. Uh, the butt bowl is being played in Jerry World. <laughs> and, are, and, are there any seats available? Uh, there, there are 1,400 tickets available for this game. I think there are going to be more empty seats than that. <laughs> Like the Jerry World, a fine place to host WrestleMania. The kayfabe here, it's not quite as strong for Baylor, Texas Tech. <laughs> it looks like he tackled him. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simulated violence, just yeah. like yeah, wrestling. Simulated violence, just like wrestling. That's Baylor, mm -hmm. Texas Tech. Can I can I point you towards a couple of other? I want to go back. Let's actually go back. It, we're, the Apple we're, we're already time traveling. See, it's real. Because Pete Carroll's got the machine in the state of Washington. We'll just hop right in in Seattle in the closet where he has it. And we'll go back. We'll discuss Washington, Washington State. Because a few elements of this game, I think, bear mentioning. One, that this is in Pullman. Yes. Mm. It's, in, it's, it's in Pullman. 
And uh, it's Pullman is a weird place when they're good. I don't want to say all the time because we do that sometimes. We go, man, you're playing in Ames at night. Ames, Iowa, it's tough. It's not that tough, actually. Usually you beat the hell out of Iowa State and get out of Ames. That's how it works. Uh, Pullman, a little different this year, particularly because Washington State actually has a defensive line. Washington State can actually run the ball somewhat, as much as Mike Leach likes to do that, which still isn't very much, but this is a nasty, mean... I mean, look at who else Washington State or Washington has played and see where they were beaten. The big push USC had against them was at the de- the point of attack, i.e. at the defensive line versus Washington's offensive line. There were a lot of quarterback pressures in that game, and that didn't work out real well for the Huskies. So that's one, one thing that makes me feel really bullish on Washington State here because not only is it in their house, they have a distinct positional advantage over Washington. Yeah. Um, the one thing that gives me a little pause is that looking back at the recent history of this rivalry, when Wazoo wins, they win close. They win by a field goal or a touchdown, and it's, you know, a back-and-forth affair. When Washington wins, they kind of just obliterate Washington State. And what what I am really curious about is, so so it's not that Wazoo has nothing to play for, but I don't think they can, you know, yeah, winning a Pac-12 championship would be nice, but in terms of, like, goals beyond that. Um I, I I would imagine if you're a Wazoo player, you are more motivated by the opportunity to ruin the best Washington season in, what, 30 years? 20-some years? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the best Washington season since you know, 2001, right? And the best Washington State season. Like, they can really, I don't know if, can we ruin Washington State season? I mean, if they go 8-4, and four, you're still like, oh, that's good. No, I mean, I mean, can you yeah. ruin what what showed up broken in week two? That's true, but you can if you're Washington State, you can absolutely <clears throat> ruin Washington season right now. And that, oh, isn't that why? Isn't that what this is for? Isn't this the main difference between <laughs> the NFL and college football? Is that we get to the end of the season and you put two teams together, and the NFL they're like, yeah, you know, if the Jets beat blah blah blah, you're like, Jets ain't beating anybody. They don't give a shit. But here, I mean, same with South Carol same with South Carolina Clemson. Like, that's what you're playing for at this point, just to ruin someone else's day. Yep, that's that's the spirit of Purdue, Indiana. That's what gets Purdue uh-huh. going yep. in the morning. Yep, 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 yep. I have to say I'm really rooting for Washington State to win this because they could get to ten wins, and if Washington State gets to ten wins, then that unlocks yet another horror crux in my assembly of like the uh, the apocalypse, right? Oh, like that, it's one of yeah, it's one of the seven then, seals. Because then Mike Leach gets the Texas job. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just got done reading the Perfect Past, which is all about the evolution of the air raid. How mummy for the Texas job? I am one hundred percent for how mummy for the Texas job because I've just read two hundred and sixty pages of nothing but pro pass propaganda. What I like is that based on how mummy's career, he could get the Texas job, and then three years later, he'd be like. Oh yeah, how mummy's coaching uh, intramural football in Bulgaria? Yep, just I don't know. He just sort of wanders. Yeah, man, he's at he's at Yale. Well, that's yep. weird. How do you end up at Yale? Yeah, he, he's uh, he's teaching water polo. Yeah, it's Yale Community College. It's in uh, <laughs> Nevada. It's unusual. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's a pioneer. He's just crazy. You can't keep men like that. Um, um, let's let's do a question. You have you have one you want to answer? I do. I do. My question is from Fire Will Heath. <sighs> Make the worst possible hire for Florida State. This is this is assuming that Jimbo Fisher takes the LSU job, and then we have an open Florida State job. And I am charged with giving you the worst possible candidate. And I don't want to take you and give you the cartoonishly bad one, right? Like, <laughs> speak and spell, right? Speak and spell would be a pretty good coach, actually. But I, I don't want to give you the fantastical one. I want to give you the actual one that they might make, that would be the worst possible candidate for Florida State. Okay? And that would be Skip Holtz. If they Ooh. panic... Yeah, that'd be... That, that would be your your sixth, seventh, or eighth candidate once everyone says no, because, I don't know, maybe something stinks in the locker room. And I don't mean 
figuratively. I mean, like literally, maybe there's just a stench that nobody can bear in there because of some mold or something that died in the walls. That would be the worst candidate I think you can get. And by the way, that Skip Holtz, he lives. He lives. And I'm not saying it because he's bad. Okay? Skip Holtz can coach a football team. Everybody will get there at the same time. Everybody will uh, sort of know what they're, they're doing. It's just not real exciting. It's just not real dominant. It doesn't have a whole lot of flavor to it. It's the tur- It's the roasted turkey of coaching choices, if we want to get super Thanksgiving about it. Y- you know, you'll see it once a year, and-, and you won't miss it very much if you watch Skip Holtz football. So that would be yeah. the worst candidate that I could pick. Can I pick a candidate who is not rumored for this job? In fact, he's rumored to get an extension at his current one. But this is the candidate that I think would drive our, our friend and colleague, Bud Elliott, most insane. And that's Butch Jones. Man. Yeah, that'd be grim. That'd be real grim. We should explain a little bit why for, for someone who goes, Oh, Butch Jones, he, he did a pretty good job at Tennessee. Oh. <laughs> Who's that person? Who, who, who out there who knows who Butch Jones is thinks that, though? <laughs> I mean, it would be, what, a, a super, like, a pretty good recruiter to a pretty good to sometimes great recruiter who doesn't seem to really have an ounce of risk in his body? This is yeah. where we should, this is also where we should talk about a thing that makes, that, I mean, Butch Jones kind of broke SEC East math this year. Because at the beginning of the year, if you had asked any fan, a Florida fan, Tennessee fan, Missouri fan, whatever. You said Tennessee's going to beat Florida and they're going to beat Georgia this year. And you said, where does Tennessee finish in the SEC East? Everybody's answer would have been first place, right? Yep. Didn't happen. I mean, I think to a man, you you would have said first place. No. Where did they finish, Ryan? Second. Life. Oh, yeah. Life champions. Yeah. They won the life championship. Life championship. They're already... already champions at life according fin- to butch jones they finished behind a florida team that could that got hammered by arkansas not like an amazing out of nowhere florida team they they finished behind a hurt so so not that memorable florida team for the in in the year where you were just like if this has to be the year tennessee wins the, the division the worst division in have we decided it's the worst division in in just Power Five football, or is it worse than some uh, Group of Five divisions as well? I mean, do you want to you want to stack it up against uh, Conference USA? Because nah, nah, nah. That's, yeah. that's gross. That's, that's gross. gross. Yeah, that's gross to me. Um, yeah. So so that's that's the pedigree that we're proud of at this point. Yeah. You know, actually, like one further note on that: if if Florida State does have to hire a coach, who I would. I'd be worried, but also amused if they hired him at the same time, because I think he's a really good coach. He does not get enough credit, and he currently works on the moon. Like I think Lubbock is the only one place that's probably more isolated media-wise than this place. Mike Gundy, because because mm. I think Mike Gundy's really good at his job. He 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 would also drive Florida State fans crazy because uh, he's not pro style and his practices are short. And he has a tendency to say exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> and he's kind of weird and not that personable. Oh, and, this, and is, the, this is the all mullet, up. The mullet has a very different uh, stylistic connotation in the Florida panhandle than it does right now, I think. I think it, I think it'd throw him for a loop, too, because they'd go, oh, yeah, man, that guy's cool. And they'd talk to Gundy and be like, he's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's like kind of sensitive. He's a little sensitive and prickly. I thought he'd be festive. I thought he'd be a playful gentleman, thanks to his ironic haircut. No, no. In fact, we don't. He just has that because it's not like he has the mullet because he thinks it's cool. He's he has the mullet because he's, he's weird. He's doing he's it to spite. Of a, he's spiting one of his children, isn't he? He has a, He has an aggro mullet. He's given yeah. one. One of his kids had, has now had had two chances to get the thing cut and keeps failing. Mike Gundy yeah. will make himself look silly in order to teach you a lesson. Yeah. So maybe he's the perfect Tennessee kid. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, the the other guy that like, can I give you the other guy for that? Like, if we're all switching coaches, the one coach I don't want to show up in my neighborhood, but I kind of do at the same time because I just like watching his teams. Blake Anderson at Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like if Blake Anderson shows up at Purdue, I am the biggest Purdue football fan on the planet. Because if you've watched Arkansas State play, um, they don't care. They don't care whether they live or die. Like, I think you should plays I, weird formations constantly. I just I want you to know. So I I have to tell you this as a friend and as a coworker. Um, before I put this full episode up, I'm just going to pull out the audio clip of you saying you are the biggest Purdue fan in the world, and I'm going to release that as a like three second That's preview fine. of this episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, just you, you can put that with chicken fingers. Chicken fingers on the list of things that I'm randomly sampled saying. <laughs> chicken fingers. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I would like Blake Anderson. Don't get Blake Anderson anywhere near me where he can hurt my team or make me sweat out a game because they're really super fun and uh, there's absolutely no way I want them anywhere near my football team. Fail. Okay, answer that question. Hey Ryan, you got a question? Um, yeah, we're gonna. Okay, this is a question from. Go for two always at Chinny's twits on Twitter. His question is his or hers, I should say. How drunk can I get in front of my parents? I assume that's a Thanksgiving related question. We are going to talk about Thanksgiving a bit on this episode. Um, I think the key is always to just stay. The safest rule is always no more than one step drunker than they are, right? Safe in terms of etiquette and decorum. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, yeah, yeah. If, if if your folks can party, then you're kind of in trouble. Well, but then they're not going to care if you get drunk in front of them. I don't. I mean, okay. Who cares if they care? I, I don't. It's. It always seems weird to me. People. I guess it's not weird, but people ask us questions about etiquette and whatever. Us. <laughs> I mean, it's clear they're just looking for permission to make bad decisions. And I mean, you, that's well, what for, I'm. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to give them. Yeah. I will give yeah. you all the permission in the world to make bad decisions, especially when it comes to being drunk around your folks. I just have a couple of questions. You yeah. need to understand that, like, calibrating the talent and the system for your football team, I need to know what kind of a drunk you are and what kind of a conference you're playing in, okay? Do you want to get drunker than your parents? Okay, how drunk are your parents getting? I got to know. You know, m maybe mom and dad are hanging that bar real high. You probably don't want to do that, okay? Because they cleaned up your puke before. They don't want to do it anymore. And they definitely I don't want to do you. it while they're drunk. <laughs> yeah, no, that's bad. Last thing you want to do while drunk is clean up somebody else's drunk mess. That's not good. Two, you're going to be talking about stuff? Is that stuff <laughs> sensitive? When you get... When you get when you get drunk, do you have a tendency to just go ahead and spill those things, or are you the cool riverboat gambler just sitting there with your cards, not showing them to anybody? I need to know that about you yeah. because if you're just the kind of reckless, freewheeling kind of talker when you're drunk, that around your family might not work so well, especially when you accidentally let slip that you met dad in Vegas for a vacation that mom doesn't remember. <laughs> that's that's where you can right. get into some serious problems here. Okay. Don't blow anyone's cover. Three, I need to know, what are you drinking? Okay? Yeah. Is it? And will you be discussing this with anything with sober people who are irrational to start with? This is, this is me saying, oh, you're planning to have that politics conversation, the mythical one that everyone has problems with online, but everyone seems to deal with pretty well in real life. Yeah, that one. I, I need to know who you're dealing with. This is all about context. What is the biggest fight you've ever gotten into at Thanksgiving? Because I know what mine is. It had nothing to do with politics. I'm going to let Jason answer this because I need to audit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Honestly, I did get into one when we were, we were doing the turkey bowl thing. And I had a younger cousin who um, I, I, I apparently I tackled him a little too hard. Yeah. I don't. It, it wasn't intentional. It didn't seem like I did, but it, it blew up into this big thing. But as far as arguments, I, I can't think of any. There were some I've excused myself from. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really have anything. Yeah. Um, when my brother was in college and I had just gotten out and I thought that I was very, you know, grown up, he insisted that he was going to have his dog, his, like, 30-pound dog, sit at the dinner table with us. Not, like, be near the table. He, like, pulled up a chair and put the dog in the chair. And for some reason, this just drove me insane, mostly because he had been uh, a lazy shit all day and had not helped with anything. Um, and we got into a, just a screaming argument about whether or not his dog could sit at the table, which now that I think of it is kind of a good metaphor for arguing about 
national policies that you can't control uh, or really have any influence for whatsoever. I told a family member three years ago that their God was just a prop for their prejudice and insecurity. <laughs> I was real drunk. And also that there, and also that all of their beliefs were lies in front of their children. It's a good holiday. And that we couldn't pursue the argument any further because as drunk as I was, I made more sense than he was ever going to make sober. Also that they lived in an evil place. It was a great Thanksgiving. To bring it full circle, this is why drinking on Thanksgiving is confusing because you're you're it's a holiday that's in effect all about gluttony. It's about eating way more than you should. Almost none of the food is healthy. You eat it at weird times and you have like additional meals squirreled away in there. But then there is this like I guess continued societal expectation of like, hey, hey, don't go crazy with the booze now. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just ease off the gas there, buddy. We're trying to eat as much pie as we can because we make good choices. Yeah, can we're, I just we're trying to catch diabetes here. <laughs> we're if I trying, could we're not trying to giggle too loud. The actual answer might be this. You yeah. shouldn't get drunk. You should just get really high. You'll be nice. You won't make a lot of sense. You'll be hungry. Everything will taste a little bit better. And that's also won't... that's also the way to handle all the uncomfortable political conversations. No, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, no, because you you won't if you get high enough, you won't be in like a conversational place for those. Oh, that's what I mean. That's you'll just yeah, say that, right? You'll be like and giving them like your, right. your you know wild theories about like, well, maybe we we actually are all m- invented by aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get to be Darius from Atlanta. You can just interrupt every conversation and stop it in its tracks, and eventually people will just leave you alone to sit on the couch and watch football, which is what you wanted all along. This is all you're steering it toward. <laughs> every move must be must be uh, in- engineered in this direction. Man, Should I'm you playing. help the kitchen? I don't know. Is it going to buy you more time of peace and quiet on the couch? If so, yes. There we go. We fixed it. If you're eating at 3.30, edible at 12, back up edible at about 5. You're good. Jason, you, you got a question? Um, here's one I myself wonder from April A underscore K underscore 71 on Twitter. Why is green bean casserole even a thing? Um, oh, because because every every Thanksgiving meal needs something that you can trick yourself into believing is healthy. And green bean casserole is the, is the go-to of choice. It can't be mashed potatoes because I think we all as a society, thanks to french fries, agree that potatoes have no redeeming nutritional value they exist solely as there's a reason in the martian that's what he grows because he's like if i only have to eat this i can survive uh cranberry sauce is bullshit too and everybody seems to know that so 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 this is kind of the the last the last bastion for people who want to lie to themselves these are the same people who are like no it's cool i had a bran muffin for breakfast it's a muffin it's definitely not a cupcake First of all, I think you're I think you're giving potato and mac and cheese fans too much credit here because those things are <laughs> those things are vegetables where I come from. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. This is the Hank Hill. You, you and I work off the Hank Hill classification of vegetables, right? Like, get some vegetables, Hank. Fries. Meat. meat it's a meat. It's a, it's one of the three in meat and three. Three what though? Yeah. What is this three? Three if heart it, attacks. If it costs less than a dollar at Shoney's. It's a vegetable. <laughs> right. that's, that's, the, that's, that's the taxonomy here. And green bean casserole to me is just, sure, it's got green stuff in it, but what the fuck? Eat a fucking salad. Eat anything just, other or, than this or goo with just green eat, stuff and brown stuff in it. Just eat green beans. Green beans are fine. Just, just eat, eat those. normal fucking green. Take a can of green beans. That's better than anything you can do with 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 white goo and those fucking brown things that don't exist until the uh, day before I, Thanksgiving. I'm going to I'm going to step in and stop your slander of dirty fried onions, okay? Oh or other brands, fine. Other, they, other they're, brands they're, are fine. I think the entire reason of people everything eat that goes in the green bean casserole, the brown things are probably the one that make the most sense other than the fact that no one knows they exist until this but particular you, could, you except when they're funyuns and then you know they exist. America has totally America different, totally different, Ryan. I was going to say America has a broke back mountain relationship with fried onions sold in a can. They can only acknowledge it once a year. They meet on the mountain we call Thanksgiving, and uh, we have to hide it. Tenderly, we have to, 
yeah, we have to hide it with a vegetable. That's the only way that society could find it palatable is if we huh. express our love once a year. Because I'm convinced that people have a raging love for those that they just don't want to admit because having seen somebody, <laughs> maybe my brother, just eat fried onions out of the can, it's appalling. So, you really don't want to watch it. So what we do is we just decouple these things. You put you put a a tray of green beans out there and you put cans of the brown onions out there. Boom, mm-hmm. you've just improved your spread. Have e- have either of you ever managed to pull off the Thanksgiving where you don't have Thanksgiving food? Where you have a meal. It's not like, oh, I was driving and so I went to Burger King or some shit. But like, you have a meal, a prepared meal for Thanksgiving, but you just are like, ah, eh, fuck it, we're having prime rib or whatever. Ah, tomorrow. Tomorrow doing it. Oh, having- I'm, I am so jealous of you. Yeah, we're, we're just, we're having beef. Gonna, gonna eat some beef. I just know? want, I just want one year to have a Mexican food only Thanksgiving. Is that so wrong? No, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I um one side my wife's side of the family super traditional and there's always a billion people there. So, I mean, somebody's going to bring something like uncle from Hawaii or like somebody who just came back from another country or whatever. They're going to bring some, like there's always all kind of crazy stuff. My da- my my da- <laughs> my side of the family um very traditional, but we've also done some weird I mean, I swear to god we had a Zaxby's tray for Thanksgiving one <laughs> year. <laughs> I, I I'm this is great. No, there's nothing. What's as, wrong with this? As as the pilgrims did. <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't be my choice, but you know, it's food, isn't it? So okay. <laughs> I mean, a, whatever. It it ain't a, worse than turkey. It ain't worse than turkey. We ain't, hey, come on, don't lie. Yeah, and, yeah, unless you're but, frying it and you're doing an excellent job. If you're just buying the Publix turkey or the honey baked ham or whatever. All right, all right. It, let's it, let's man. let's let's talk about ham. Can we just get this work this out right now? Sure, sure, sure. We have we have complex and deep opinions on ham. Um, fuck ham, Jason. Yeah, Jason's is pretty simple. <laughs> J- Jason's is just fuck ham. Yeah. And that's ain't no, you know ain't nobody trying to eat ham except for one day out of the year, and or if you don't eat it for Thanksgiving, then you eat it for Christmas. If or you if e- somebody Easter- gives you a ham sandwich, what the fuck? Am I in fourth grade? <laughs> Easter Easter ham's a thing. I don't know why, but it is. Never heard of that? Valentine's ham. The that sounds has, that the, sounds the pretty good. Risen again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ham in the little eggs. We've hidden it in the yard. And they rolled back the ham from in front of the tomb. Rolled back the large <laughs> ham. Brett Bielum is just weeping. <laughs> and load. Dale Earnhardt walked out. <laughs> but like I, sticky, I think sweet. Um, um, man, there, it's on the list of meats. Oh God, it's it's fucking last. <laughs> Okay, it's for me. Ham is ham is, uh, and I already talked about this, but but to to reiterate, ham's a side player. Ham is an accent. Uh, You know, I could eat a slice of country ham, but it's to be honest, man, you got to cut that country ham pretty thin. Uh, I think you know it's intense. Don't don't show up. Don't show up. It's John Malkovich. Ham is John Malkovich. Yeah, it's fine. You know, ham's ham's like. I'm trying to think of the actor who probably best represents ham to me, and that immediately I was like John Goodman, and then I was like, mm, well, that's a little, that's a little on <laughs> okay. the nose. It's a little okay. on the nose, but you know, like, do you want to watch John Goodman in a lead? Generally not. I kind of like no, him as a side player. Is that's he how you, that's how you get King Ralph. That's yeah. You don't want that. That's what. That's the movie I went to my first date on. It was wildly unsuccessful. <laughs> oh no! What? Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah. Wow! So somebody, somebody other than Peter O'Toole made the worst possible decision regarding King Ralph. Good job. Peter O'Toole never made a bad decision in his life. He 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 made that movie. Yeah, yeah, they paid him for it too. That's true. Who's the sucker now? That's true. Oh God, huh? the the drinking he must have done with Goodman. Oh, yeah, you know what? Bet he left Goodman in the dirt. Ryan, what, put... what what was the first date for you? By the way. Oh, to a movie. Shit, I honestly don't remember. It definitely wasn't King Ralph, though. King Ralph, <laughs> same. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was better than King Ralph. I promise you. Although yeah. I will, I was okay. In full disclosure, it wasn't. It wasn't my first date, but a first date I took a girl on. Uh, she told me I don't really like scary movies, and I said, "Oh, uh, well, there's this movie I've heard of that." It's getting interesting reviews, and I don't think it's scary. It's more of like a, a taut psychological thriller. And the name of that movie was Saw. Oh mm. my god! Yep, and we walked wow. out after about fifteen minutes. 
Yeah. We are not. We are not currently together. In case you were wondering, I, think, I, I, I think that tops King Ralph. Yeah. yeah good, good job, man. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are you making fun of me? Wow. You, you pulled just that bring out. that up at the end. I'm sorry. For sure. This, this. I thought, I thought this race was over, and then Ryan just went tearing past. Yeah. Can we? Can we talk about football now, please? Yeah. Let's do that. We got a couple of things to wrap up. Uh, Egg Bowl. Oh, I'm real. I'm real fond of this Egg Bowl, <laughs> man. Because we got two, we got two fantastic situations here. First of all, America's best five and six team, Old Miss, greatest five and six team, mm-hmm. uh, fighting for five hundred. Freshman quarterback going to be playing Mississippi State, who is fighting for the saddest post of all, a five and seven record. That's that's where we're at, Mississippi. Oh, the glory days when both of you could be in the top five. Remember that? I don't. Never happened. Never happened. I will always keep an eye on the Egg Bowl because inevitably there's some sort of like tomfoolery at the end. Somebody throws a ball away on fourth down, uh, makes a huge miss. Uh, somebody misses a field goal. It's really just like a depraved race to the bottom. So, you, yeah, you, you should watch this. Do you know? I mean, so we're going to watch this game and people are going to be paying attention to Shea Patterson. Mississippi State has a quarterback who is seventh in the conver- conference in rushing attempts, Nick Fitzgerald. Yep. He has more rushing attempts than Boom Williams. He has more than Jordan Scarlett, Jalen Hurts, Leonard Fournette. Granted, Leonard Fournette missed uh, a bunch of time, but Sony Michelle, like, <laughs> damn. Our, um, oh, our, it's, it's beautiful. Our, our Mississippi State blog, for whom the cowbell tolls, their mantra for the past month or so has been never pass, always run. Nope. <laughs> they're running. They, they're their entire, like, they're like their dream, off, dream offense at that point, at this point. Passes zero times per game. Yeah, Sean a- Sean Sean Payton was fond of saying that when he coached his sons on his year away from the Saints, <laughs> that he coached his sons' football team and they were destroyed by a wing T team. Saying, "Man, you know what? I- I'm glad no one runs this in the pros because we wouldn't be able to defend it." Guess what? Mississippi State runs it this year. <laughs> They're running the single wing. That's all they got. And uh, if that's if if that works, great. Uh, but it's the Egg Bowl. I make no bets uh, about anything. That might or might not happen here. Speaking of games that you definitely do not want to bet on, uh, Auburn, Alabama. Uh, you, you, the Lions, Alabama at 17 and a half. You, you want to mess with that in the no, Iron Bowl? No. No, no I mean, especially, so especially with by 17. Uh, Auburn's, Auburn doesn't have any arms left or whatever, but Bama doesn't care. So you're going to watch. This is basically one, this is the same team just with different rosters. Like, one has a much more talented roster, but they run offenses that increasingly look like each other. Oh, Al- uh, yeah, the- Al- Alabama has leveled up in this game. They're, they're 10 levels ahead of you, basically. Yes, yes, yeah. but, but playbooks... Same, char- same character, same character in the game. Yeah, yeah. Alabama is Mecca U. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they've, uh-huh. they've, they've evolved. <laughs> they've done a lot of walking. <laughs> they're the Blast- Blastoise versus Squirtle, that's this game. Yeah, that's... <laughs> The best I, description of the Iron Bowl ever, Blastoise <laughs> v. Squirtle. My favorite thing about this time slot is um, I think the Egg Bowl is the most watchable game. Because, yeah. I mean, Bama's going to stand on Auburn's head. Um, Minnesota, Wisconsin's kind of important, but Wisconsin's way better. Penn, same for Penn State and Michigan State. Um, same for although, USC and although, Notre Dame. Although Any of Penn, those could be upsets and go crazy, but we know the Egg Bowl is going to go crazy. And and <clears throat> Penn State, Michigan State is going to be the one that matter potentially matters the most to a lot of Ohio State fans. Mm-hmm. And that's delicious. Yep. Uh, the Michigan, Ohio State at noon. Uh, oh, we almost made it through without talking. No, about I'm just. <laughs> uh, this, here, I just want to say it's, it's. I swore we were going to do it. This this is a game that brands itself as you know. Grim, fatalistic, frigid football, and oh boy, you you ordered the one hundred proof bottle of it this year because yeah, neither team can really pass. Both of them have something on the line this game. They they, they already hate each other, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be partly cloudy uh, with a chance for uh, seventy rush attempts for both teams. <laughs> a lot a, a lot of the noon games have the emotional tenor of a fight at a funeral. Like that's how Georgia Tech Georgia feels. That's definitely I was how can just about. Oh. I was like, you're talking about Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia. man. Yeah, that's gonna be two cousins fucking hate each other. Haven't talked in ten years. Grandma dies. They show up and oh no, they can't play nice. You know that. Uh, you know one of the biggest rushing totals surrendered by Alabama and Kirby Smart's tenure as defensive coordinator there, right? You know what team that was? Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be Georgia, Georgia Southern, who runs a triple option. That was the one where Nick Saban said that they ran through us like shit through a tin horn. Yeah, Kirby was that guy. They brought in Brian Van Gorder this week as a consultant, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they brought in BBG because BBG always did real well against this. Uh, this is this is one I have a gleeful and malevolent eye on because I suspect that if Georgia Tech gets it going, uh, this could end real badly for Georgia. We've also most, had uh, most, most things could though. We had a couple <laughs> people ask us uh, uh, questions about the Kentucky Louisville game. I guess coming off the Houston, the loss <laughs> to Houston. If Kentucky should no, what are you talking about, man? No, no. trust your no. instincts. Follow no. your training. You know, you know that's not how it works. Also, um, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I can't. No, no. Next, no, no, no. Nope. Nope. Ooh, ooh. Uh, little, little can, Tennessee Vandy. I mean, I mean, Tennessee's already life champions. What do they got to play for? I mean, at that point in the day, it's let's see. You got Utah, Colorado. Should be pretty good. You got South Carolina, Clemson. Should be lots of blood spilled. Uh-huh. Who's who's? I don't know. Yet to be determined. Um, and then you got Florida FSU. That's one of the bigger yeah. games of the weekend. Yeah. But yeah, keep an eye on Tennessee Vandy. Maybe don't, your fourth. Don't keep an eye on UCLA Cal. Just don't. Well, we'll watch. We'll watch that for you. Oh, hey. Um, Shit. If, no, we ain't gonna watch that for you. Yeah. Let's go no. Watched. No, but we will watch for you, Oregon, Oregon State. No. Yeah. You, you know, might because you're you, sitting next to Dan, but here, here's here's why I'm going to watch that game. Mark Helfrich's tenure appears to be safe for another year, based on beating Utah and and based on the fact that it sounds like Oregon, uh, the candidates they want are more likely to go to Texas or LSU at this juncture. Um, that could change if they lose to Oregon State in Civil War. That could definitely change. Oh yeah, no, this could, this could change dramatically, especially because that Helfrich saved his job stuff. Uh, it's 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 kind of taken a curdle over the last week or so, yeah. uh, given what everyone else is looking at here. Uh, w- two more notes before you get kicked out of the booth, Ryan, because I know that's about to happen. Uh, I would like to point everyone to an uh, entertaining late game. If you're awake somehow on Saturday, grab grab yourself some leftovers uh, and watch Wyoming, New Mexico. Ooh, football, Bob! A football game ball. that has actual stakes and so forth. Yeah, yeah. A like, Wyoming-New Mexico game in the second to last week has stakes. If if Wyoming loses, Boise State probably has a pretty good shot at the Cotton Bowl. If Wyoming wins, Boise State is out, and it is West Western Michigan is just about home free, assuming they've won as well. And these teams are these teams are fun and weird. Every Wyoming game ends up sixty-six to fifty-nine. Yeah, New Mexico runs like a quadruple option. It's real fun. They'll have like they'll have like a bus full of people in the backfield. I don't know how it's legal. Bob Davies smarter than I am, evidently. That hurts to say. 